Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you today another episode, an audiovisual journal entry, if you will, of Audio Dope. I am Dravati, your host. But more importantly, I present to you, listeners around the world, a guest, but not just any guest, a hypnotherapist. Someone who intertwines with the mind to help you get through your grind and through tough times. But this isn't just any hypnotherapist. This is a friend. This is an ally. This is a brother of mine, and we go back like flow fast on a <laughs> flow flats on the Cadillac. <laughs> Yo, only certain people in your life deserve the Hans Zimmer. And you should live your life as though you got a movie score at all times. And I think that you will make way better decisions because all of it will have gravitas. Do you hear the string section? Oh, Hans gets busy. And without any further ado, I present to you the one and only Palmer. Levens. Audio dope. For your ears to smoke. Are we stopping? Nope. And here we go. You know, I I gotta say, and uh, you know, it is it's all about being able, I feel, to remove that mask and actually show the real you because even under the most you know rough tumble exterior you know that that you know like some people just have that pissed off look you know you see Mm -hmm. every day or that you know like oh i don't care about anybody or in the world or anything like that deep down inside you know there's that wounded child that's just begging for you know love compassion communication and stuff like that and you know I've kind of kind of made it my goal actually to help people remove those masks that no longer serve them mm. and to actually get into the the root of what is holding them back from life you know i will if i could backtrack a little bit no absolutely absolutely <laughs> so you know you you, you brought up <laughs> the screw job during the the, the montreal, montreal screw job yes so when i was a wee lad i was about six years old it was 1984 i want to i want to say i've really dated myself here you know i grew up in the housing projects back home you know my mom we were poor you had the the finer culinary treats of government meats and cheese that's oh what you had to look the cheese to. that was one complete shape 
Yes, one complete shape, and I'm pretty sure I'm still digesting that shit. It wasn't interrupted by slices. No. No, there was there were no slices. No. There were no individual. There was no individualism no. That, in this government cheese that was structure. The richer poor, they got oh, the, they got the slices. The slices, like they got the Lando Lakes. Right. The Lando we Lakes. graduated to Lando Lakes. Eventually, Boar's eventually, Head. Individualized eventually. slices. You oh, know what Bo- I mean? Boar's Head is... Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. But I think that before that was Kraft Singles, which right. is also trash. Trash. Yeah. yeah. But at least it trash. was a Kraft Single. Individually wrapped plastic slices. Yes. Also plastic was the cheese. Yep. Mm. <laughs> you might yeah. as well just eat the plastic. You might as well just eat the plastic with the thing. cheese. Just, it, it all melts the same. It doesn't. Exactly. Because it's not cheese. It's not cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, you know, with me, you know, like when when you grow up in poverty, there there's not much to look forward to in life. And uh, especially, you know, we're, we're making jokes about you know the <laughs> the government cheese and meat which a god only knows what was in that government meat man uh, so what is government meat so listeners around the world you're about to learn something new if you haven't already experienced this what is government meat are you referring to more so like the what they call the potted meat product and like the Vienna sausages, I, remember I th- those? I think the Vienna sausages and the government or the potted meat. Exact was, same thing. I'm pretty sure that's like five steps ahead of what. Ooh, was. potted meat product was the mashed potatoes version of Vienna sausages. Yes. Same exact flavor. Same flavor. Same same texture. Yes, random bits of animal vertebrae yeah. and whatever was ground up. Right. I, I'm pretty sure the government meat was more like a Soylent Green type Soylent, of thing. oh, they're eating people. They're eating people. Man, that movie is rather timeless. It is. It because, is. unfortunately, it makes more sense as the times go on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yes. I think about Soylent Green often. Yeah. When was your first encounter with Soylent Green? Like, when did you first see that movie? Well, because my uh, my my middle brother, he he rather enjoyed teaching me the finer things in life, you know. And he was when, a man of culture, wasn't he? Was he was a man of culture, a you man know? of like, culture. He, you know, he didn't believe in like being that you know sweet nurturing brother. Yeah, he he was the type, you know, he wanted to make me a rough and tumble yeah. man, you know, not so, some cultureless swine, right? And like yeah. not some. No, you know, I mean, I I watched The Exorcist for the first time when I was like four or five, and that was because of him, you know, he wanted me to... We had a lot of traumatic movies that we watched as newborn babies, didn't we, back then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We weren't handled with doctors' gloves and cares so much. We were lucky if the doctor wore gloves, you know. Yeah. Smoking a cigarette while delivering you. With, With like auto body mechanic hands. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Still got dirt on it. Yep. Underneath the, uh, you know, engine grease under the fingernails. Yep. Let's which, see what's in there. Which came in handy, you know, for extra flavoring when eating government Absolutely. Cheese. Whenever your check engine light of life went off in your body, you went to the, the auto mechanic and yep. you got tuned up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, like, so, you know, in addition to being born into poverty basically you know i had the distinct privilege of true story when i was born i i was breached because you know as people who know me know i 
generally am stubborn and I don't do things the way I should do things. And I was like, hell no, I like this first apartment. I'm not getting evicted. So I was trying to go the other way. Mm, you were like Jordan Belfort in the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. Nope, nope. I would uh, wrap this umbilical cord around my neck right now. <laughs> like, don't tempt me. I'll do Make it. Make me. Like. <laughs> uh, you have to come up out here and get me. Here come the forceps. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what are these metal tongues things? Yeah. Isn't that for salad? So there's that doctor, you know, he's smoking his cigarette. <laughs> oh, and, my God. He's coughing, and he's, like, got those fucking forceps on my ass pulling me out. Oh, Little man. did they know, you know, like. Doctor, feel mind. bad. <laughs> Jeez. Little did they know my my skull somehow like got fused a little bit to my mom's rib and when oh, they yanked no. me, you know, it kind of scalped me. So in addition to that, you know, I I had a speech impediment mm-hmm. and a really bad stutter. Same. And you know, you know, thankfully my my middle brother, you know, in between the torture and you know being what big brothers doing what big brothers do he did palmer uses torture very loosely ladies and gentlemen (laughs) this is just one of his go-to words remember he's a horror novelist horror novelist he's a wordsmith you were saying (laughs) so i will be using the word torture very very frequently Mm -hmm. like like a regular noun or verb regular noun or verb Mm yes sometimes i'll use it as an adjective very (laughs) run-of-the-mill very commonplace (laughs) (laughs) and so you know like by the by the time i was three you know he he had me reading mad magazine which Mm. you know greatly influenced my sense of humor he also taught me how to cuss like a sailor so which provided him hours of entertainment you know like hey i'm gonna get my stuttering speech impeded brother (laughs) who cusses like a sailor um I, I won't mimic it out of respect for people. You of know, course. Like so. He just liked to watch you get up and cut it by your parents. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I understand. That's big brother stuff. Yep. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, like when I got to school age, you know, I I didn't like talking. I was very shy and all that. Stop and, describing me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not shy, but damn sure didn't feel like talking much. Like, fuck no, because like, and... Like, I, I remember my mom was battling, trying to get me into preschool, and... So, so which one was it? She was battling trying? She was battling trying to get me out of her hair, probably. Oh, um, so she was just trying to get you she, the hell into preschool. Right. Just, uh, up, like, up out her damn face. Right? Okay. <laughs> like, this fucking kid's driving me nuts. But anyway... Also, it's time uh, for education anyhow, so... Right, right. Like, nah, she she was a great mom, you know, and... But because I didn't talk, and the few times I did talk, you know, I had a stutter and impediment and all that, and they would ask me... I remember them asking me to, like, like... I don't know. It was kind of like asking a, you know, four-year-old to do quantum theory. Mm, it's like, oh, well, yeah. you know, like, I don't understand what the hell you're wanting me to do. And, well, anyway, and I'll, I'll always remember this day, I I heard that word that to this day that just crin- makes me cringe. And it's like, well, Mrs. Blevins, I think your son might be mildly retarded because... See, that's you know. how Forrest Gump, like the dude, the principal or whoever came outside, she, he was explaining to Sally Field, yeah. hey, your son, he ain't built good, man. 
So uh, good luck with him, and it's going to be tough out there for him. Yeah, and he's so, shaped like a question mark or something. He's he's more crooked than a politician. <laughs> you know, and that was after taking her to Pound Town. Crazy movie. Crazy movie. Crazy. Movie. Very very quality though. What? It was a good movie there, Travante. Man. Life is like a box of chocolate. And you never know, you're going to get. <laughs> what was your favorite scene or scenes in that movie, like moments? I don't know. Jenny really pissed me off. Like, you know what? Did you Were you upset as a child or really pissed when you were a grown-ass man, realizing I, to the extent of the disrespect yeah. that poor Forrest... I, you, you know, like, as I got older, I, and I started to understand the human mind and, mm. and the nature of trauma and like that, I, I get it. She had a bad childhood. And, yeah, it wasn't the best. And like, and, but, you know, there, there's still a certain line that is like. She crossed all of them. Yeah, it's like. Was it? An episode of her people, her people. Is that what that was? Yes. They were driving. Uh, what Rogers Zemeckis was driving home. I, I believe so. You know, mm. super uh, subtly though, right? Super subtle. We as children were none the wiser, but our parents are watching probably a whole different movie. Yep. Yep. Damn, yep. that's brilliant. Yeah. When you think about it, definitely. Like we're gonna make something that's got two stories rolling in one. One for the kids, and then one for the adults. They're mm. gonna be like, oh no. It's kind of like Family Guy a little bit. Mm. Well, actually, no, I don't think Family Guy is anything appropriate. With zero sure. jokes? <laughs> this this is like the jokeless Family Guy. Right? <laughs> Man. Oh, we were talking about the fact that in your profession as a mental health advocate, you would call it something radically different. I'm just going off the top of the dome right here. But you have to go through your own trials by fire. Yes. In order... Not to weaponize, but really get your artillery on point, your loadouts to the degree of proficiency that they can be so that you can most effectively and efficiently be of some assistance to someone else. And so you got to struggle with whatever you're struggling Mm -hmm. with and then come through it to become the better version or best version of yourself so that you can in turn, when necessary and when needed, when it's Mm -hmm. warranted, be a positive influence and an impact on someone else's life because you did a lot of living. Yes. I think that there are a lot of self-help people and self-proclaimed gurus and things like that out there that, you know, they might not have gone through anything, but they have a passion Mm -hmm. or a fervor for helping individuals, but they might tend to fall short because they're simply limited in their experience. Yes. And there's no greater teacher in the Milky Way galaxy from what I have been able to perceive. Experience, the exactly. greatest teacher of them all, yeah? Exactly. And, uh, you, you know, like, I I feel there's a lot of people with great intentions. You know, they, they want to help people. Mm-hmm. They, they see the pain in the world, and they, they want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I believe firmly that until you've walked a mile in someone's shoes, you have no idea what the hell that person has gone through. So you got to put on a whole bunch of different types of pairs. Exactly. Being open to doing all kinds of different things. Right. Whether it works out or not, but so that you have the data to -hmm. draw from in your mainframe so that you can at least reference something that you've experienced that can relate to someone else. Exactly. And for that to be able to cover a large enough swathe of the population, you got to be open-minded. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Because only that will lend you to want to go through a series of experiences, different ones. They got to be different ones. It can't be the same shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. It's got to be a bunch of different things. So you just, hey, I'm writing a novel over here. I'm doing this over there. And in order to do that effectively, again, you just have to be able to put on a bunch of different types of mm-hmm. pairs of shoes. Is exactly interesting concept, and you, you know that's what I feel is kind of prepared me for example to help someone who needs a little motivation because mm-hmm. you know like them coming to me and being like man I just can't focus on what I need to get done I'm I'm working on this and you know my my wife doesn't understand why I'm like not getting this thing completed and it's like mm. well you're talking to the right guy because let me tell you let me tell you a little thing about procrastination <laughs> because you're an uh, expert at that shit right? <laughs> yo i know see yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's and, like yeah because i am also a human with plenty of folly mm-hmm. and plenty of room to grow yep. i can't help you i think a lot of the a lot of the assumption out there is like no the person helping me mentally has to be perfect Mm, there's no. no fucking way no Mm-mm, that's not how it goes because nope. you're dealing with a person yes. a human not an algorithm mm-hmm. none of the sort right you know what i mean yep and mm. and that's why a lot of times you know therapy fails is because people lose that critical piece of the puzzle that we're all human. the therapist or the client. I, or I would both? say the therapist. Okay. But also even to the client, because the client is sometimes putting on the pedestal of like, Oh, yeah. this therapist, you know, this therapist is going to cure me and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Well, but they're a person. They're a person. They're going to have their own feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, one day, you know, you, your therapist might, you know, woken up on the wrong side of the futon one morning and is just in a bad mood. And, you know, it's going to really cloud your your judgment on, like, hey, is this person, like, as great of a therapist as I thought he was? And Palmer, it's safe to say that any side of the futon that you wake up on is the wrong side of the futon. The futon. That is pure metal pure up under metal. your back. Yep. Just straight up wrought iron that you're sleeping on. <laughs> you might as well be sleeping on a, just a bed of coal, just on a flat floor, just... A flat surface yep. outside somewhere. Yes. A futon. I've had the futon sleeps. <laughs> oh, um, man. I've had the futon sleeps. I've had the floor sleeps. Oh, the floor sleep is solid, though. Uh, it is. Because the kind of condition that you got to be in to end up on the floor, you needed that rest. And it was well-deserved. And your body was like, you know what, sir? Right here, right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Woke up well-rested. So, question for you. Hmm. If you had a superpower, what would it be? I'm not saying that you have superpowers, even though you are my super friend. Oh, but what I'm saying, oh, nah, see, wh- all right, so what would it be if you had a special, like a super move or like an ability? If It can't I be had... the shit that we've been talking about this whole time, man. I ain't letting you off easy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're a novelist. You got this. If I had a superpower, mm, it could be anything in the world. It would be 
You know what? I, I, I would have to say, and again, I, I do apologize for some of my unprofessional, colorful humor, but I am Irish and Scottish descent. So I would say, you know, a huge, gigantic mirror. Oh. And this mirror would be a magical mirror because mm -hmm. you would take, you know, some, let's just say, you know, the Karens of the world or, mm. you know, the jackass. Yeah, they ought to all simultaneously take a look. Right. And they just, they take a look in this mirror and it just shows them the ugliness that they have in their hearts, Ooh. in their soul. Okay. But, you know, it's not to guilt them it's not to shame them i'm just showing you what it is just that you are you yo. what you need yeah this and isn't then, even my input exactly but then this magic mirror would actually show them hey you know all you need to do is you know it's not as simple as stop being a bitch but you know like, <laughs> if only it could be if only it could if be only it could be like what being a bitch you like, know what you right i am right it's kind of like that meme that is like don't be a dick. It's like, well, sometimes, sometimes yeah, it kind of calls for right. it, you know. Yes. But it's like you kind of need to give a little extra instruction on how not to be a dick. So I'll just be a richer dick. Right, a richer dick. Does that sound better? Does that make you feel better? <laughs> is that more comforting? Is to change the verbiage? <laughs> right. I'll be a richer dick. But I would say that's what I would want to do is to be able to turn and or have someone be able to look at themselves, see what needs to be changed, and then be able to change it. But, you know, that's the, uh, that's the conundrum with life. Life mm -hmm. doesn't come with an instruction manual. And, you know, we're at the end of the day, whether you're a dick, whether you're a Karen... Mm -hmm. Or whether you know you're sad, lonely, or Richard, Richard, which is the, which is a dick. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we're all doing the best we can, mm -hmm. and you know, like I, I feel that there, there comes a time when we need that understanding for each other, hmm. and I, I think that's where a lot of times we, I don't want to say fail, but we fall is understanding that, you know, we're all human. Mm -hmm. We all have our own experiences. We're all fucked up in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Some of us are able to mask it better than others. And so instead of, like, falling into this tribalism, this, like, you know, like, us versus them mentality, mm -hmm. if we started to understand more of what makes us human and what brings, uh, what similarities we have... I feel it would bring us closer. Much people. closer. Much closer. We're far more alike than we are. Are different. Different. Yes. That is sage advice. Yes. I Have you ever noticed, like, do you remember when you had to, like, remember when you had to be there? Mm-hmm. Remember you had to be there. Yes. When people used to say that, you had to be there. Mm-hmm. But now, like, we have Oculus. Yep. And so now people can pretend to be there. Right. Which is kind of a snowball's effect of people pretending to be what they're not. A version of themselves mm -hmm. that they aren't even. Exactly. And it's how like far does this go? Yeah. Does it go all the way to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? Have you heard of that? I does it go all the way there? Yeah. Where 
technology far outpaces human evolution, yep. the evolution of the mind and the spirit. At some point, if you go back to interchangeable parts and the art, the agricultural revolution and all of those different things where there were significant leaps in human development mm -hmm. and in brain power and in computing power. Now we've reached this kind of bottleneck. It feels yep. where we've kind of been in stasis. We've been kind of coasting, resting mm -hmm. on the laurels of, Comfortable. of the creation of the past. Complacency is the demon that we face. Right. Yep. And in that people, stop growing but they continue to create mm -hmm. what happens then when you don't evolve alongside your technology and therefore the technology's power now has the ability to wrest control of you and mm -hmm. then you chase it yeah because it informs you right and that informs the formation of the planet there like they're on like henceforth you know what i mean to use yeah. a word from some book in a law review princeton <laughs> review henceforth and forthwith and fortnight Fortnite. just throwing random just uh, throwing legal just terms like word out salad. yeah word yeah. salad word you see what i'm saying salad. yes you know like i curmudgeon cap like curmudgeon capitalism is what is becoming <laughs> everyone's going to do everything yes. from right here you know like i i don't want to sound like that old guy you know especially that old white guy none of us do you know like back in my day you know man it didn't make sense until now though but now you know it, you it can does. make arguments for the back in my day right? now today because everyone unanimously agrees is like, uh, you know, Quite like the I carnival. feel the World War II generation, definitely the greatest generation. Man. The the boomers, I'm, I'm going to reserve my judgment. I'm yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. say anything bad about the boomers. Yeah, of course, of course. Or the boomers. millennials mm -hmm. or Gen Z as much as I kind of might want to. But you got to say there is something about Gen X. Mm. We were fucking survivors. <laughs> you know, mm. our parents were like, well, here's the key. Here's some craft singles and a they job those mail. Latchkey kids is yes. that was that the phrase right? They just left you at home. Keys. You was at home and you right. was playing house like you was being a grown up right. while the grown ups were gone. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure I died a couple times, and you know it's just like, but the moment you heard mom go Palmer, it's like, <laughs> well, I'm magically resurrected. I'm resurrected now. You know we we went through a lot of shit. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like every day was. A, a battle for survival really and and on top of that the world changed around us right yes. so i think that we're the last group of individuals yes that remember the old world mm -hmm. because the rest of it grew up in the whole new world right and the technocracy and they got to see nothing but the digital age but i remember mm -hmm. and you remember the rotary phone yeah we knew how to come up with a way to make shit work mm-hmm like we did surveillance and we had no drones. We just had a 900 megahertz cell phone. Some, some of us did. Some of us still had those shit stuck to the wall, cord, like corded, yep. not even cordless, right? But if you had the dope cordless, you could hear everyone's conversations oh, yeah. in the neighborhood. You, you remember that? Yep, yep. It was amazing. It was. But now we have ring. Now and now people ring. are in a constant state of complete pa like panic mm -hmm. because anything that alerts them pulls them from whatever whatever the focus is and the focus ought to be what presence exactly just now 
Right. But you're always and like, if you're away, you're thinking about not being where you are. But mm-hmm. what's going on? Who's at my front door? Is that Amazon? Right. Is that a porch pirate instead? Mm-hmm. Both exist. Yeah. He's not, like, you know what I'm saying? Is it a religious peddler? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you, you struck, you, or you struck, you hit on a good point, you know, about an presence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were much more present yeah. back then. I mean, again, because it was survival a lot of times. And nothing pulled your attention. Huh? And nothing pulled your attention away. It was like you were living in the now. And yeah. the now was all that you had. Mm-hmm. And you you weren't necessarily afraid of new experiences. You mm-hmm. weren't necessarily afraid of like the of new people, new ways of thinking necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be romanticizing and, you know, sugarcoating some things. We all do with our ears. I yeah. mean, but, you know, like, I actually feel very bad for a lot of people now because yeah. it's like... It's like a no fun zone. Right. Like everything triggers you. Yeah. You are like in a, like you said, a constant state of like alert, like heightened alert alerts you to, you know, like, Oh, is that Amazon? Like you said, or is that a porch pirate? Or is that someone trying to break into my home? And even things that are rather like innocuous that otherwise you would have never received telegram. Mm. It's just a message from someone just shooting the shit with you. Oh, Right. You know, like there's a comedian, I don't remember his name. It'll probably come to me later, but he was talking of like, you know, back when he was a kid and there was a knock on the door. It was like, his mom was like, Hey, get a cup of coffee going or get a pot of coffee going, get some like crumb cake, like my, my oh, that's right. You did say that they were Scottish and Irish. Yeah. Scottish. But anyway, like me and me mom, she would just like, I don't even remember her ever locking the door. And Mm. like the door was always open. Like people would come in at like three in the morning and it'd be like, Oh, well let's get a pot of coffee on and let's like sit at the table and talk. Now it's like, there's a knock on the door and you're like going into hiding. It's like, oh crap, like I don't want to deal with this person today or or like, oh shit, like it's, it's that person going to murder me? And it's like, well, it's grandpa. I don't think grandpa's going to murder you. No, I don't know. I don't trust grandpa anymore. Yo, I know. Like if grandpa's like taking the white pill instead of the red pill, you know, it could cause him to go cuckoo for cocoa puffs and man i think if a white dude takes a white pill it could it could spell disaster <laughs> right all of a sudden he's i got almost a, said uh, blue pill and that could have like oh yeesh really deterred this conversation <laughs> but, uh, man but like it, it's like anymore you know like people are need that instant gratification they need that they're in that state of constant alert and the worst part is is like the moment the noise is gone, mm-hmm. that is when I feel is the worst thing for people anymore. Because then, oh, they got to listen to themselves. They have to listen to themselves. They yeah. have to force themselves. Like, holy shit, I'm actually very miserable with life. I'm mm-hmm. actually very lonely. Nobody loves me. Like, once the party's over, you know, and you can only buy so many new clothes, or you mm-hmm. know, like. Eventually, one addiction no longer works, and you have to move on to the next addiction. And everyone knows truly the truth, deep down. Deep down. Deep, like, 
deep down in the deepest, darkest catacombs. I'm talking about the deepest recesses of your mind's mm-hmm. mind and of your mind's eye. You know, you know the truth. Right. And most people can't handle they that. They cannot handle that. They the can't truth. handle that. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> then, what would your post-apocalypse plan be? What character types would round out the roster of the important people you would need per their skill sets, attributes? Are you forming a colony? Are you ruling with an iron thumb like Negan with Lucille? Do you, um, you know what I mean? That's a good question. Yeah. You know, like, I got to like say. Like an Ocean's Roundup, an Ocean's Eleven Roundup of characters like the Grease Man. You need the Grease Man. You need the Demolition Expert. What do you got? You know what? There's there's kind of a an enticing efficacy of Kronos, I would say. You know, just Ooh, like. Ooh, an enticing efficacy of Kronos. Like, like, you know, just snap of the finger and mm. boom. Half of your problems are all gone, you know. Okay, like, okay. I mean, I would probably start with the state of Missouri, but, you know, that's just. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of beef you got with Kickapoo, man? Okay, you know what? What did Kickapoo do, man? To quote Abraham J. Simpson. I thought you was about to say Lincoln. <laughs> that was the pump fake of the day for me. It's. It'll be a cold day in hell when I recognize Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> Where like, why, how the, why do people call it Missouri? I've never understood. I don't know, man. Like, or Iowa. Where is that? Where the hell is Iowa? Where is that supposed to be? I've heard or, of Davenport. It's in Iowa. Or, or Arkansas. I've heard Arkansas. You know what? I think the people go like work hard to individualize their swath of the land, even though yeah. they don't own that shit. But it's like I'm gonna call it something that's so from where it's from to call it that. That so there was a place in Kentucky is if it's still there. That is unless a hurricane blew it away. It's called Hurricane, but it's not called Hurricane. It's Hurricane. Hurricane, which that in and of itself, it's. You know it's called. It's Kentucky. Why are they calling a town hurricane? There's no hurricane in Nowhere near. Ever. Yeah. I'd get it if it was Andrew tried. Andrew tried. <laughs> Failed miserably. Failed miserably. Really did try. Yeah, yeah. So what's the, all right, so the leader of the group, what are, what are his attributes? What is it going to be? Or are you going into a fortress somewhere? Mm. Are you barricaded in? Are you living under the ground like a mole person? With your well, mole family. I've always kind of envisioned myself as a bit of an evil genius. Okay, so yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you do have So this to is perfectly a, suited for you. Right, you you do have to have a, a secret underground lair. Do you turn a lever and then like the bookshelf and case flips around to show you the steps that lead down into the doldrums? I mean, that, that does sound kind of good. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was thinking about Scooby-Doo when I was like, then again, I mean, that was kind of making me think of Batman and... Ah, oh, shit, like, so it's... A putz. You want to be an but, original... Right. Right, okay, right. so what's your situation going to be like? You know, actually, a sky castle in the sky. You, you just, you know, I've always above the bullshit. Been, I've always been kind of attracted to the anti-hero. Okay, you know, Walter like, White type, you know, type uh, of situation. You know, like I know I'm going to piss off some Breaking Bad fans, but I kind of thought Walter White was kind of a moron. But that's, that's I can a, see that. Yeah, that's a discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. Don't do meth, kids. Do not do the Heisenberg. No. Unless Um, it's a dance. No, don't even do that. 
But, you, you know, like kind of like the Clint Eastwood character, you know, mm. Pale Rider or... Pale Rider, man. Or, Outlaw Josie Wales, sir. Wales. Come on, man. Or, you know, even, I mean, I got to go with uh, Brandon Lee, even from The Crow, you know, or, you know, pro wrestler Sting when he became, you know, the Crow Sting, the dark, mysterious anti With the baseball bat. With the fucking baseball bat. You know what? I remember WCW Sting. That was the first thing for me. Mm-hmm. And that dude had fluorescent pants. Yep. And fluorescent. Ow! Uh, yeah, fluorescent I can't do face it. paint. Basically, Ultimate Warrior face paint, if I remember right. correctly. And a blonde race banding from Johnny Quest haircut. <laughs> Essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly. And then, completely different dude. Yeah. Question for you. You're our resident expert in the WWF. Was that the same dude? Or did they just resurrect the character Sting and give it to some other dude? No, it's same dude. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Sting. Yeah. He, okay. You know, they they turned him to the dark darker side. Yeah. To battle the New World Order. Okay. Yeah. That explains the trench coat, and thankfully, no weapons right. under the trench coat. But yeah. no, you had a baseball I mean, bat. Baseball bat. Yeah, but you know, you know, every now and then, the bad guy. You know, this yeah. is this is totally unbuddhist of me, but you know, sometimes the bad guy needs a good, a good bat, clobbering with a bat. Just a good old clobbering. Why is remember, it that kids? <laughs> violence is never the answer, children. Totally not the answer. Or this guy's a mental health and physical health advocate. Right. <laughs> so why is it that in most like video games or even movies like these villains they could have any weapon they there there have been so many amazing weapons created to do the worst things to the people with the best of intentions mm-hmm. across the world lands the cultures why do you always end up with a baseball bat man it's short range you mm-hmm. got to get up close right you're vulnerable with a bat in your hand now you hit that bat against something too hard. You're shaking and vibrating with the bat. Your hands hurt. You drop the bat. They take the bat, catch the bat. I, they hit you with the bat. I think it, uh, you know, like, you know, if I if I saw a, a I don't know, maybe a 150-pound dude with mm-hmm. a man bun coming up to me with a baseball bat. Would he? I'd be like, eh, you know what, like, I could take this, this clown, right? Mm. But, you know, if you got a... 250 pound guy, muscles, face painted black and white with yeah. a baseball bat, and he's coming up to. I'd be a little more like, "Ooh, I must have really pissed this motherfucker off because he." And his bat and matches his whole outfit, his whole right, motif. Right. That bat is a part of the outfit. Like that ass kicking is going to be very personal, you know, and proficient. And because I think that he uses that bat with his outfit often. Right. It's a part of the whole thing. And then if he takes his trench coat off, you know you really did something bad. I know, because now he has to work up a been, sweat that he's already worked right, up because he's walking around in a hot-ass trench coat exactly. all day. You know, that that's, <sighs> that brings me back so many memories. When I first moved to L.A., I was, it was like 2 in the morning, and I was writing on, writing, working on the never-ending novel. And which is actually coincidentally going to be. Why don't you just call it the never ending story? Never ending story part five. It just keeps going. Yeah, exactly. And then you just have a subscription base. This is going to revolutionize books and Penguin Publishing. I pitch it to them. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to sell them something y'all that they won't ever finish. All right. Right. Like George R. R. Martin. So I'm just like, hey, volumes three to four are out. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to this per month or a a yearly subscription. Mm 
for the access to the book when it comes out or some like yeah. shit like that. Yeah. You'll be the only subscription based book, subscription based author. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, but you gotta get this like patented right now, yeah. like by the time you get home before someone takes this idea. Oh, damn. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. But you gotta be driven. Right, right, right. So I uh, so I was walking one day and I, I walked past this goodwill and right in the window was this black trench coat. And I'm like, I, you know, instantly fell in love with it. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get this trench coat. I remember your trench coat, yo. <laughs> and so I buy this thing. So this one night, you know, I'm, I'm riding. It's two in the morning. And I, I must have been depressed because I was like, you know what? Today I'm going to go to, tonight I'm going to go to 7-Eleven and I'm going to de- to devour one of those quarter pound hot dogs, you know, mystery meat hot dogs. Gas station Gas variety. Gas station variety. 7-Eleven. Right? Exactly. You're doing the best. Yeah. You're doing the best work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all I, I walk in and I, I mean, the, these guys looked pretty rough and tumble. You know, they were bald, tats all over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd only been in L.A. a couple months. <laughs> I'm from a small rural town. And I'm like, oh, shit, Palmer, what did you fucking walk into, you idiot? And and it was literally like Moses parting the Red Sea. I, I couldn't understand. Like, everywhere I went, like, the crowd just dispersed. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And so, I, you know, I pay for my little hot dog. And, and then I'm like... The hot dog was killing itself. It was killing itself because uh, I had no... It, you you know, shouldn't it, have walked into a 7-Eleven. Right. It, it knew what it was getting into. It knew what it was getting into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then it, while I was walking back to my, my building, I'm like, oh, my God. Now I understand why the hell these guys were all scared. Because I couldn't understand why they were looking at me like, you know, I was dangerous or whatever. Yeah, you look like you have mad throwing knives and daggers right. and whatnot. Small pistols, medium large pistols. Yeah. And then I was like, holy shit. Grandfather clock wristwatches that you sell on the side as well. <laughs> You're a walking bazaar. Walking that trench coat on. Right? And then it dawned on me. I was like, holy shit. I'm a pasty white guy yeah. wearing a trench coat. Bad timing. <laughs> I'm like, bad. bad positioning too. Like they Can't were... be a white dude with a trench coat, fam. No, no. Mm. Like... Nah. Remember, guys. Wrong kinds of stereotypes hurt. They hurt. They hurt. Yes, and they plague those who don't even even attend to. Yeah. Right. You just you put on the cloak and you put on the perception. Exactly. That's all that it is. Exactly. There's something to be said about the fact that we live in a society where there's a business called Goodwill where they take your things for free and then they sell them to others. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's Goodwill. capitalism. That is good old-fashioned capitalism. I love curmudging capitalism. It. It's tremendous. Remember, boys and girls, capitalism is good. It capitalism can be. Is good. When not used for evil. Collectivism is bad. <laughs> what y'all know about mermaid man and barnacle boy <laughs> oh qu- quick question for you i know that you gotta go here soon but we'll definitely do this again nice all right can a man's goatee be too thin for trustworthiness well 
tapping into my uh, Southern baptism, yeah. I would say the goatee looks mighty like the devil, and we can't trust the devil, so therefore we can't trust the goatee. So you don't like the goatee at all? I don't like the goatee. Not even the pencil thing? It's like, all kinds of Okay, suspicious. so no matter the parameters, it's... You don't like it. It's like, no, I don't like the goatee. The goatee is a garage for your mouth, and that's just weird to me. I pull right. cars in the garages. I don't, yes. you know what I mean? I don't need no containment unit for my lips. Right. So your lips are just free. Exactly. Bald You got You got to go full beard. Or, yeah. Or you're weird. Beard or nothing. Like it's <laughs> nerf or nothing. Right, right. Mm, like I was saying, it's nerf or nothing. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> my brother, I thank you so much. Thank you, my for friend. For sitting down, man. And yes. Help. Helping us craft a beautiful episode of Audio Dope. Yeah. It was some pretty dope audio, it if was. I do say so myself. It was and that's some pretty good audio. All do thanks to you. Thank Where you. can the listeners find you, man? So my website is www.palmerblevins.net. I am a hypnotherapist slash what else do I do? I am a hypnotherapist and I am also a Kundalini yoga master i guess oh well, well damn so, uh, you you wait until now like until now to tell <laughs> okay. you <laughs> that's why you gotta come back yes definitely mm. next time we'll talk more about hypnosis and hypnotherapy mm. dispel some myths and misconceptions because contrary to popular belief i cannot make anybody bark like a dog or quack like a duck oh you know, the people who do that, you know, they're they're entertainers, not unlike WWE superstars. Oh. If you've ever noticed, you know, Hulk Hogan could be pretty mesmerizing and hypnotic. And there is a reason for that. Uh, I'm damn sure curious about that. Now. Nice. Okay. Shoot. <laughs> On that note, listeners, you guys take care and be well. And I will see y'all on the next one. Audio dope. We're out. Travanti. Ladies. Fellas. I know some of the most intelligent women in the world is listening right now. And all the realest brothers is like, uh, get light with it. Day party to midnight with it. Ice wet like a fire hydro hit it. Why the girls double dutch, I double my digits. Dice game pop, peace on my lot of my niggas. New York, New York, all sorts of bosses. Who walk the walk, look how long the blocks is. Ruthless, close range, they shoot shit. Wall Street, racquetball, oysters, masseuses. Bourgeois G, the movie I beat. Then it's back to the hood where you knew I'd be. Driver's license in the face card, two IDs. Get light off the rose bottle we sip. New shorty in my life, she my lottery pick. And if the economy slips, she gon' ride with the kid. City girl like JT, MIA to the bridge. Get light. Get light with it. Get light. Yo, here, boy, hold up. Bring it back. Yeah, get light with it. Day party to midnight with it. Ice wet like a fire hydro hit it. Why the girls double dutch, I double my digits. ATVs, quads with speed. Doing willies, black long on sneaks. Family first, a holiday feast. I constantly seek. Moments like this is peace to say the least. We used to play ball with girls, watch me play smooth. I had to try to be like Mike, a cool three-point shooter. Couldn't be the loser, taking Gatorade from the cooler. Summer fall with a New York girl smoking hookah. Grown ladies with Mercedes Benz keys and chimneys. Friendly 
kids, little kids on 10 speeds. Makes me want to have another seat. I'm simply getting light on the track. Ripley's, believe it or not, I'm still a cream of the crop. I was just until the age of 18 on the charts. Wasn't even dreaming this far. Believe we are, the sun doesn't even know it's a star. Get light with it. Day party to midnight with it. Ice wet like a fire hydrant hit it. While the girls double dutch, I double my digits. Dice game pop, peace to my hustler niggas. New York, New York, all sorts of bosses who walk the walk. Look how long the blocks is. Ruthless, long range machine.